Welcome back to A People's Guide to Publishing. I'm Joe Beale, the founder and CEO of Microcosm Publishing and Distribution. I'm also the author of A People's Guide to Publishing, which distills what I've learned from selling millions of books over the past 25 years. I'm Ellie Blue. I'm the Editorial and Marketing Director here at Microcosm. We are an independent midlist publisher based in Portland, Oregon and Cleveland, Ohio. We have over 700 books, over 25 employees, and we make about 40 new books every year. And we distribute thousands of titles from other publishers. We started this podcast so that we can share what we've learned with newer publishers so that you can learn from our mistakes. Or maybe you just want to understand the publishing industry. This right. week, we are going to talk to a special guest star. Yes. This is Jess Driscoll. Uh, she's the author of the brand new book, The Magic of Pockets, which we have the honor of being the publisher of. Jess is joining us from Canada. Yes. White yeah. Rock, BC. White Rock, BC. And for those of us on watching on video, Jess is wearing a dress of her own <laughs> making. Does it have pockets, Jess? Here's the thing. This one doesn't have pockets. <laughs> Yet. Not yet. Anybody, <laughs> we, have book, we have a book for you. Yes. Anybody that's read your book knows that adding pockets at a later date is an option. It's And it's super easy, too, because this one has just straight side seams. All you do is you just open them up, stick the pocket in there. Absolutely. Oh, man. Uh, the reason it doesn't have pockets is because this was a new pattern. And so I was sewing it to see how it would fit. And it's a little bit of a slim fit. Oh, okay. And here's a tip. If your dress is a little bit, of, or if your outfit is a little bit slim fit and you stick pockets in there, those pockets are going to gape mm. because you're going to fill the fabric, right? right? So those pockets are going to come out and it's not really that best look, which is one of the reasons why they don't make pockets for us anymore. It's because they don't like how they look. Mm. Our clothes when I say they, I mean capitalism. Right. <laughs> designers yeah. yeah and it is a weird thing i've i've run into this a lot where like well and as a person who fills their pockets to capacity on a daily basis <laughs> which both of you can probably verify <laughs> i you know it's like you don't realize the appearance that creates until yes. like so until you like see yourself in the mirror and like one of your pockets like adds four inches to your thigh or <laughs> that's like... exactly it that's exactly what i'm talking about yeah mm -hmm. and they don't even have to be full right yeah. because yeah. fabric wants to do that fabric wants to open up and lay flat and be comfortable so if you're wearing like especially you know these bodycon dresses that are really popular right now you can't stick pockets in those because it's just gonna it's just gonna open it's just gonna fill and and it's gonna be to be honest a little unsightly right happens but then so why did happens. <laughs> why why did you write this book the magic of pockets then so it actually started with a tweet which is <laughs> Funny to think about in these days that, you know, we are currently living through Elon Musk's uh, buying of Twitter. But my friend sent me a tweet that was, you know, to paraphrase, it was about how when women get together, they complement each other's clothes, which is different from men who usually complement each other's look or 
compliment each other's looks, compliment women's looks, right? So, and this is, this is a whole other thing, but uh, women compliment each other's clothes. And when we do, the thing that we say is, oh my God, I love your dress. And the other woman will say, thanks, it has pockets. That's what's so great about it. <laughs> Because it's like the holy grail, right? Finding the pockets. So this phrase, thanks, it has pockets started to spread on Twitter. It became like a hashtag. It became a thing. And when I read this tweet, I was like, yes, absolutely. It's so true. Also, I know how to sew pockets because I'm a seamstress. I've been sewing since I was literally a kid, like a very young kid. So I have done the thing where I have put pockets into things that didn't have pockets. So I made a zine about it and I called it, thanks, it has pockets. And then deep in the pandemic, I was looking at my zines and going, do I have ideas anymore? I feel like I don't have any more ideas. And I looked at the zine and I was like, it was eight pages. It was nothing. I was like, you know what? This could be a book. And I met jo Joe and Ellie at XOXO conference. And I was like, this could be a book with microcosm. It fits right in. It was the perfect, I should say, fit. It was the perfect fit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we sewed it right yeah. up against the other books. We sewed it right up. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, I have exactly. to say, like, you sent us one of the best pitches I've ever seen. Like, I, That was like the most amazing thing. I agonized over this pitch. And then I got this email the next day, just like absolutely enthusiastic. And I was like, Oh my God, oh my God. And, really? it, and you know, and that's the thing. It's like, if a person is a writer, they should be able to write a pitch. Joe, what you can you describe? So Joe does our acquiring at microcosm. Joe, can you describe like what it was about Jess's pitch at pitch that like worked on every level? It was clear. I didn't have to do detective work to figure out what the book is, why somebody would care, how it's different from the other books, because, I mean, there just aren't, I mean, there's other books about pockets, but they're academic books. <laughs> yeah, or they're really work, academic. <laughs> or they're technical books. You know, you can get, you can definitely buy the $200 book that is like, how to use this kind of sewing machine to put this kind of pocket on this kind of clothing. But that's not what we do. I don't think that's as interesting to you either. And, you know, and so something that's a little more democratic than either of those things just didn't exist. So it was another thing where it's like, it's not something I would have thought of on my own, but it was like immediately clear how awesome and needed it was. You know, and I think about it too. I mean, and it's like, that's what I always tell people is like, I want the submission that is something I didn't know I was interested in. And it is this. <laughs> and I would also say that like you followed our instructions perfectly, which many people Yes, do I not. did. <laughs> right. Yeah, you should I, like, be. I literally did. Mm -hmm. Like, if I can give yeah. you any advice, uh, I have actually sent your instructions to other friends, like, who are not, who are not submitting to Microcosm, who are submitting to other people who are, like, writing queries for agents. And I'm like, 
read these instructions because they are so clear and like these people are these people are acquiring tons and tons of books they know what they're talking about they've been doing it for a long time mm -hmm. so yeah like just follow the instructions it's so so simple <laughs> and you're right a lot of people don't do it yeah. you know you see people online it's like how to write a query it's like there's so many books now you shouldn't be asking that question anymore go yeah. get a book right or read a website <laughs> and thank you. That is very kind. And uh, you know, and I think about it too. Where like I've written and rewritten and re-rewritten that like our submission guidelines at least a hundred times, because you know every time I'm stymied by somebody. And now it really just comes down to like I think it's perfect. It only doesn't work when somebody just disregards the whole thing, doesn't yeah. read it, or doesn't follow the directions. You know. Or thinks that, I mean, a lot of people really approach it, well, let's say a certain segment of the population approaches it like the rules don't apply to them, you know? Yeah. And then that's... I think authors are particular, particularly prone to that as well, too. Yeah. Writers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's I the know. thing where it's like, if you read it and follow it, like, you know, and there's lots of people that try to get in the back door and try to be like i'm friends with so-and-so and you're like i just don't care you know, yeah, you it's know like, <laughs> we all need friends it's like we're publishing your book not your friend list you know that is because ellie asked me i told ellie that i was working on a proposal and she asked me can you want me to look at it for you and i said that doesn't feel right like, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I appreciate yeah. your I appreciate your integrity, which apparently is greater than mine. <laughs> I don't even I don't do I don't I think I knew that you were working on it for microcosm though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't remember if I told you it was for microcosm. You didn't I didn't know. I don't know. <laughs> for all I knew you were gonna pitch something to Chronicle and I was yeah. like Don't happy to be your proofreader. Do they take unagented uh, submissions? Well, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I feel like the final thing. makes very cool gift books. Mm -hmm. The final thing about your pitch that I really appreciated is that we were the correct publisher to pitch it to. Yes. Like this book was perfect for us. Yeah. So it, it, was, well. it was tailor made for you, right? Tailor made. Like, <laughs> it really was I I am a person who has wanted to be a writer since as long as I've been sewing since I've been a very young kid and I've never been able to figure out how because I've never seen what I want to write out there in the world I'm like I don't know if my books fit here I'm not a novelist. I don't write, I try to write fiction. I tried for so long and I kind of, I've kind of come to the, 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 you know, conclusion that I'm not a fiction writer. You're not a liar. And getting, yeah, <laughs> getting a nonfiction book is so much harder because everything I read about getting an agent as a nonfiction writer is you must have an audience that's this big. You must have, you know, a hundred thousand followers on Twitter. You must have a million followers on Instagram. You <sighs> must have a YouTube channel with, you know, everything I read says you have to bring the audience before you can even get an agent. So how does anyone get a book made? That's why I started making zines, you know? 
that's why I started writing zines is because I just had so many books inside me. I needed to do something with them. And then the first time that I walked into the microcosm office or the, the store, I, it looks like an office. It's like, <laughs> um, the first time I walked into the store, it was like, Oh, my books fit here. And I think that's partly because you do do zines as well too. Right. It's like, Oh, there's a whole, there's a whole stack of zines right there. Right. Like I could write a zine for microcosm. Wait a second. No, I could write a book for microcosm. It's just, I just fit in exactly. Like I could see where I belonged on the shelf. And that was one of the things that was part of the, part of the proposal as well to the submission proposal. It's like, uh Oh, we lost Joe. Let's keep talking. Uh -oh. though. Joe will be back. There you are. There we go. The submission proposal forces you to go through microcosms catalog and see where you fit in. And that's really kind of like the truth telling, right? It's like, if you cannot find, what is it? Two, three books that, that are close enough, then you have to sit down and, and ask yourself, do I fit in at microcosm? Is microcosm the right place? Well, you don't actually have and, to ask yourself that as our submission pile proves <laughs> that you should that's ask That's what I'm yourself saying, that. right? You should ask yourself that. It's like, oh, maybe I don't fit here. Maybe I do need to go somewhere else. And I think a lot of people are just so desperate to write a book mm -hmm. that, you know, like Joe says, they just don't read those things. They just don't, they think, oh, I'm the exception. I'm, I'm the, I'm the great new book that nobody's ever said that they wanted. Yeah. And, and maybe for a reason, I don't know. And, you know, <laughs> and that can be okay too. It's just like, we're not the place for them probably, you know, yeah. and there's options for them and that's fine. And, you know, but yeah, you make a very good point. It's like your publisher needs to be able to sell your book. So they need to yeah. have some things that are like it or they can't really do anything for you that you can't do for yourself, you know? That's exactly right. You know, I, I can't be the one sewing book on your table that you're trying to sell. So like yeah. your, your books, you know, radical sewing and make your space and you're starting to build up this little, this little domestic arts section that that is very exciting that you know i feel like i slot right in there totally mm -hmm. and like even if we didn't have any other like books focused on sewing i guess we had like two others that were like just about sewing already mm -hmm. when yours came out but even if we didn't like a cute little book about how to do an essential craft at home with cute <laughs> little drawings fits in with our many of our non-sewing books as well yeah. Like somebody yeah. could totally it, buy your book and a book about how to grow herbs on your fire escape and those two go together, you know? Yeah. And that's a, that's a point that I make in my book as well too, right? Like sewing your own pockets is, is right there with all the other DIY craft starting to become a little bit more popular. I think, you know, during the mm -hmm. pandemic when all those people started making sourdough starters, mm -hmm. you know, which you, which you also are a, a baker. Right, <laughs> which I am also a big person that does. Yes, yeah. During the pandemic, actually in December, I had planned to do the farmers market, my summer farmers market, 
and I was going to sell sourdough starter in December 2019. It was hilarious because I show up May 2020 at my farmer's market and everyone's like, sourdough starter. Like, I thought I was going to have to teach people. I thought I was going to, there was going to be like this big learning curve of telling people how to use sourdough starter and what it is and why you should do it. And I show up in, you know, mid 2020 and people are like, yes, sourdough starter. I need this. You were There's right no yeast everywhere. <laughs> It was very, very fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you do you have an interest in house plants? That seems to be the new sourdough. That is the new thing. Yes. Uh, that is one that I am not into, frankly. I live in an apartment. I live in an, in a basement apartment, and I have these <laughs> windows. I have these windows that are this big, mm -hmm. and they do give me a lot of light, right? At the at certain times of the day, so in the mornings, yeah. beautiful. You know, as soon as it's noon, not so much. Right. Um, mm hmm. Yeah. And then, and my backyard is also very shady too. My grandma, my grandma is the green thumb of the family, so she's always giving me plants. You know, she wants to give me some basil because she always grows too much. She wants to give me hanging plants to make my place look beautiful. And I'm like, Grandma, it's just all shade. I need shade plants. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, so what was it, you know, like what captivated you about like the social history or like the even like political history, dare I say, of pockets that made you like interested in those aspects? Yeah. So there is totally a capitalism and a patriarchy thing that runs through the history of pockets. The fact that men's clothing has long had pockets. We're talking like, you know, 1600s, they have had pockets in, in all of their clothes. They have pockets in, in their breeches and in their jackets. And women have not. And you have to wonder why. You have to wonder what is it that they're trying to stop women from carrying right are they i guess it's where you put your women? money <laughs> for the most part for the most part as far as i can tell that is one of the big things but but here's the thing is that women have always gotten around that because one of the things that women learned very young back then is how to sew mm. and so they took these clothes and even if they didn't sew whole garments, because not every woman, even back then, not every woman sewed her own clothes because that is really a, a, a master craft. You know, there's some things that I don't sew, you know, I can sew this, <laughs> but there is like wedding dresses. I don't touch wedding dresses. <laughs> I don't do gowns, you know, <clears throat> but women could sew small things they could they could hand sew they could do you know very small because a very popular thing was doing like embroidery you know as your as your after dinner you know while while everyone's talking you do some embroidery just to keep your hands uh, from being idle and so they would make these removable pockets they would make these things that are like pouches on a string on a long string and you wrap them around your waist underneath your skirts tie them up 
and they would have little slits. They would make little slits in their skirts. So it was like this hidden little place where you sneak in. And and some of these pockets are huge. Like there's there is records in these books that you know that the academics have found, not me. But they have found records of like women being arrested and then they would catalog everything that was in the pocket. And it's like this huge long list. Of, like, <laughs> you know, she's got her cigarette case, she's got a comb, she got a brush, she's got her money pouch, she's got her eyeglasses. And it's like, how are you keeping that much stuff in your pockets? But because they're these big pouches and because they're hidden under these huge skirts. You could hide anything under there. Right? I love that. And you show you show us in your book how to make pockets like that, which I love. How I was actually trying to think of pocket. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was trying to think of yeah. like some reason and some excuse to make a pocket like that for myself. I don't think I have a suitable garment, but um, <laughs> I am thinking I'm still thinking about it. Yeah, I think it's one of the most fun projects in the book because it's so out of the modern context, right? There's just no almost no way to make that fit onto your current wardrobe, right? You can't unless, wear it under pants. Unless you're going to rent a fair. <laughs> unless you're going to rent a fair, yeah. Yeah. And, or and if you're going to rent you can wear that on the outside because nobody <laughs> You fit right in. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, mm. the other things that I show you how to make in that book are, like, little pouches that are the precursor to pockets. So... You know, that fits right in as well, too. For for the people who have, you know, belts or pants that they still want better pockets, you can just make, like, little extra pouches for yourself. Because that's what, that's what we did before we had pockets. We just strung ourselves with bags. <laughs> right. I love that. What's your is, favorite? Is, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to ask if you knew if this is how the purse came to such popular usage. I believe so. Yes. Right. Okay. I, I don't know if somebody has made that like official connection. Like we know for sure that that is where it, where it came from. But like I say, we have always as a people worn little pockets. One of the references in my book is the very first, the oldest mummy that we have ever found is a copper age mummy. And he was found, his body was found with a little pocket in his belt. He had a pocket and, and they, it had like the desiccated bits of food in there. So like that was his pocket. His snack it was pocket. in his belt, but that was his pocket. And you teach us how to make that kind of pocket too, which I'm also yes. to try. It's a, it's a very weird little, it's, a, it's just a weird little fold of fabric to like hide very small things in. But why not, you know, why not add little secret pouches to your clothing for for all your stuff? You know, you think about, um, I'm thinking about those, those wristbands that like runners wear that have like an ID card and the key mm -hmm. in it, mm -hmm. right? That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. A portable pocket. So like we, yeah. We have always made little pouches. We have always carried little bags. So the fact that today we carry purses that are like designer purses, I think that's a very ancient thing. I love that. We just made them. We just made them more fancy, designer, sturdy, 
and and we just formalized it into into something bigger but it's a pocket in a, in a sense because really that's where the word pocket comes from right the word pocket comes from the word pouch it it doesn't have an extra meaning it is the same meaning as any bag that we carry right it's, it's just that it's attached to our clothes which made it different and better in every way <laughs> 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 down and it's like it's right there There and you can like it's a cozy place to rest your hands i'm a big fan big fan of pockets i have my hand in in my pockets right now of this i can see you wearing a nice cozy uh jacket yeah and the thing that sold me on this jacket was the pockets was the pockets absolutely Absolutely. so yeah um, that one is big pockets i I contain my enthusiasm (laughs) it doesn't have a fastener up the front which i thought would be a deal breaker but i actually don't mind like having the pockets is actually the feature that matters yeah it's just like a house robe thing just throw it on Mm -hmm. and the great thing about sewing your own pockets is that you can make them any size so like if you have a specific thing that you know that you always carry make the pattern to fit that thing right try it draw the pattern around that thing so you know that it fits you know that it fits your phone because that's the number one complaint that i see online no complaining that their phone doesn't fit in their pockets or worse the worst thing for me about pockets is when you have the kind of pocket where there is a pocket there but it's like um an enemy pocket i call them the enemy pockets where like anything you put in it is liable to be lost forever immediately just from, oh, like walking down the street because it's too small so it just kind of like works its way up and- i guess so either too small or like shaped or angled in a certain way like i had a pair of pants once that i loved in college and i would just lose everything from the pockets i lost my wallet once and then a hippie mailed it back to me with a t-shirt that he had designed wow. um but i have a coat now like my winter <laughs> coat i kind of need a new one because i've lost so many gloves out of those pockets that I wonder if that's like an angle thing then. Like I think it is because it's not too like small have, at all. Yeah, yeah. Because like if the angle of your pockets, because that's definitely the thing with like the hoodie pocket, which yeah. is one of the patterns. The hoodie pocket can definitely things can pop out the sides there. Yeah, so that's why that's why pockets go this way. Yeah, <laughs> pocket design is so important. Thank you for bringing this light to the world. <laughs> These ones, it's like yeah. it's gold because it only falls out if you bend all the way forward. Yep. You know, which may or may not happen in my daily life. But so what do you keep in that pocket, in that shirt pocket? What don't you keep in that pocket? Re- oh. Little demo See? for you. Yeah. And then oh, it's I got can. A flap. It's got mm-hmm. a flap. I've seen so, pens in there. The flap too. I've seen notes mm-hmm. and lists in there. If I have something that, like, yeah, if, if I'm, like, tabulating something, I will put it in here. Or if I have something that I'm just walking to a different room, I'll put it in there so I don't forget about it, you know. And because a lot of my know, daily job is, like, this goes in this room, putting this away, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrying like, it from room to room. Just, like, being organized. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this this pattern, this dress pattern... It has a shirt pocket, and you can see that Ooh. I didn't put them on there. You didn't want to interfere think... with the shortcake, strawberry shortcake. Right. You got Hello. that fabric, and you don't want to screw <laughs> with that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I just don't have a lot of shirts that have the shirt pocket. 
I think it might be, it's just not as convenient for me as a top endowed woman. Yeah. The pockets just don't sit right for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have, I have one that has kind of like the lab coat pockets where like, they're like right here. Oh and yeah. That, that's even the, that's like my favorite one because I want to tell you, things never fall out of those pockets. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a tip for you. The Put sort your of pockets in the Diabara shirt pockets. And and they don't like there's nothing that inner and I I, I don't know why they're there. I mean, because at first it seemed like a funny and awkward place. Yeah. But it would like it would solve your problem. It solves several of my problems, and you they can double as like putting your hands in when you're in awkward social situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. That is another great use for the pocket. It's like mm-hmm. pretending to find where where was that thing? <laughs> no, I don't know. Give me one second. <laughs> I feel I feel I have so many feelings about putting hands in pockets though, because it like does feel cozy and safe to do it. But I learned mm-hmm. early on because of where I lived growing up that like walking down the street with your hands in your pockets is not a safe thing to do. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Do you so. think you have stuff in there? Um, I think it's because when people, this is a complete theory of mine, but I have noticed that when I can see somebody's hands, I feel more safe around them. And if they can see my hands, they feel more like they act safer around me. I, I, I don't know why it is, but yeah. I've long had this like, yeah, to walk down the street with my hands in my pockets, I have to like, I just feel like I'm on high alert. I'm checking. I'll take them out if I see any sign of other, another person. Unless oh. it's like a really body cold. language thing, I guess. It is, because yeah. it's like showing, like, yeah. like crossing your arms, crossing your arms is like closing off your energy. So like showing right. your hands is like showing I'm I'm no harm to you. I have nothing totally. to I have nothing to hide and I also first, have nothing to give you. Yeah. Yeah. That that was my thought, right? That if you have your hands in your pockets, you're showing that you have stuff that you're like protecting. Maybe. So like Okay, according to Google, it's say it communicates powerlessness and shyness. So it's basically you're saying that you can be dominated easily. If you have your hands yeah. in your pockets. Yeah, if you're walking yeah. with your hands in your pockets, yeah. the body language is powerlessness. I definitely totally. see powerless, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. because your hands are encumbered. Like you can't so immediately you're... catch yourself if you trip and fall. If somebody yeah. were to come at you, you can't like defend yourself. Um, but also it just like, I feel like it like shows like, Hey, I'm here. I'm willing to like make a deal with you. I don't, uh, yeah. There's like something about Shake that. Where, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it yeah. is. <laughs> what kind of deals are you making? <laughs> the that, deal that, to not mug that me. Could be like, oh. That could be like a whole second edition book of like mm. the, mm-hmm. the body language of pockets. Wow. Ooh. Like the. We could like slip it into like the witchy stuff of like the Oracle of Pockets. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I feel I feel like yeah, if you do ever do a second edition, you could have a chapter about that and then you could also have a chapter about like what you were saying about like the pocket people wear on their arm for their phone, like tech kind of the evolution of pocket technology with new personal computing technology. Yeah, I know the I didn't think there were more topics about pockets, but I guess there are. (laughs) And yet I was I was actually rereading 
I was rereading my submission, and there's actually a pocket in there that I never put in the book. <gasps> there's oh. a missing pocket. I, I, I looked at it, and I was like, "Oh my god, how did we miss that idea? That was such a great idea." And well, what was it? What was it the missing obvious. pocket? I can't remember now. All right, well, keep that one in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Now we know. All right. My pocket for later. <laughs> so we need to wrap this up, but I, do you have any other future projects you're working on or excited about that you want to share with the world? No pressure. That is, that is yeah. I, I, I set myself a goal to have the proposal for the next book sent in by the time that this book came out. And mm. obviously that didn't happen. That didn't happen. We don't uh, need to tell anybody. It may or may not have happened. <laughs> it could have it could have it could have happened. All that stuff happens below the surface. Yeah, Joe's been keeping it in his pockets. His many, many pockets. <laughs> um I got COVID in September. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Pretty I, solid excuse. I'll yeah, allow it. It has been it has been a long way back to feeling a little bit normal. Mm. And I, I have so many ideas and I just, I just feel, I just feel like none of them are good enough yet. Um. Right? And I know I have to get over that, but like, just none of them is, none of them are good enough yet. Mm. So we'll get there. We'll get there because I know that, I know that my next book belongs on microcosm shelves. Absolutely. Mm. Like, so. It's going to be something. Yes. It's going to be something good. I mean, you well, are a person with a great wealth of ideas and good ideas too. Though maybe they're not all polished and perfect yet, but. Yes. Yeah. Ellie came to me. She's like, can you darn? Like, <laughs> <laughs> if only. I can't do everything, Ellie. But you, know, but you can also like... Uh, you know, bad ideas or workshop ideas with us. It's not cheating. We do yeah, it all the time. Absolutely. We need we need to do a, a time when we're not recording so we can just <laughs> around oh, some ideas. You want to do it privately. <laughs> Thanks for joining us once again. Please send your questions to podcast at microcosmpublishing.com so we can answer them on future episodes. And please give us five stars on iTunes and everywhere else that podcasts are reviewed. You can find us on the internet at microcosm.pub. On Twitter at microcosm. On Facebook at microcosm publishing. On Instagram at microcosm underscore pub. And here in Portland, Oregon on North Williams Avenue. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week.